You're listening to ViewSource, a conversation around tech, web development, and WordPress with hosts Ruba Ahmed, that's me, and Brian Kortz. Ruba, what was the very first WordCamp that you ever went to? The very first WordCamp I went to was WordCamp Calgary here in Alberta, Canada by the Rockies. And it was either 2015 or 2016 that I went to it for the first time. What about you? Yeah, I think my first one was WordCamp Orange County, and which is here, like Southern California. Um, and mm. I would say the same 2016 to 2018, somewhere in there. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. How was how was WordCamp Calgary? It was it was a lot of fun. It was the first time that I realized that there was a community around WordPress. So, you know, for context, WordCamps are these gatherings that often happen annually in cities around the world that have chosen to have one where WordPressers can come together for a conference around WordPress related topics. And yeah, it was about 200 to 250 people and it was a lot of fun. I volunteered and uh yeah, that was when I first realized there's more to it than just software and code, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I went and I didn't like know anybody and I'm not like that yeah. kind of person who just goes to a thing. So it was very like, you're just walking around and everyone's super nice and friendly, but you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, just like. That's why I volunteered. Around. Yeah, that was smart. Because I was like, then I have it. something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second year I spoke and that. Yeah helped a little bit because you get to go to like a dinner ahead of time and you kind of get to meet people yeah. but still you have to like you have to really put yourself out there you know and and like you know be, definitely be social it was a little hard i spoke the second year as well and the, it was about how to use git to basically match your repo to your dev using just git hooks and uh -huh. i remember the hall that i would they put me in was a lot bigger than i thought it would be and i was so overwhelmed like oh my god there's so many people here how am i gonna do this uh i was still learning how to be a, like a decent speaker in a live audience at the time and i mean i'm still learning so yeah it was definitely a moment <laughs> yeah mine i did one where i did like uh like an overview of plugins for like nonprofits. So like I went through like different mm. topics and like what you plugins you could use. And which was of course was a terrible idea because everybody has opinions on like how dare you recommend <laughs> that plugin. Like that's you know, so I got like a lot of that. But uh I didn't mind because I used to like actually be a teacher. Uh I definitely yeah like wasn't as worried about being in front of people, but I would find some of my teacher habits, like if people were starting to talk, I'd want to like do like the teacher, like there's like teacher tactics to get people to stop talking. And I have to remember like, uh -huh. these are adults, like it's not my job to police their <laughs> their behavior. Oh, that, that must have been an interesting dynamic. I, yeah, I can't say that my first talk is something I was very proud of. It did not go as well as I would want it to. But yeah. that's okay because I improved. <laughs> yeah, it's WordCamps are, are really a good training ground if you are interested in talking in front of people because it's really the best, like, welcoming, warm crowd that you could want. Like, everyone is super nice. There's a lot of, yeah. like, skill level ranges. And it's not like you're going up in front of a bunch of, like, JavaScript developers who want to, like, crap all over you or something <laughs> if you, you know mention the wrong thing so like it's it's not that at all it's way more uh way more of a fun forgiving audience 
Yeah, it's like the better version of Toastmasters. I remember reading about Toastmasters and I thought it was mm -hmm. ridiculous. But, you know, getting to practice with a topic you care about and an audience that also cares about that is so much better than like just showing up and talking about something random with people who don't know you or don't care about the topic. <laughs> yeah, and like the the reason we're talking about this is because I did speak at WordCamp Phoenix like uh, almost a month ago you now. Did. Yeah. Yes. So that was that was it was mostly exciting because it was a like a real, you know, WordCamp like it felt like oh, we're back, you know, WordCamps were back. It was it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am so jealous that you got to go and I almost did go, but then it didn't make sense for me to go. So I'm really excited that you went and was it good? Was it lots of fun? It was lots of fun. Um, I drove there with like all my kids because they wanted to visit family. So like that was yeah. terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> idea to drive through the desert with like my kids in the minivan. Uh, but um, Phoenix itself was super cool because I'd never been there and the organizers were like, very they like picked really cool spots for things like a, there was a speaker dinner at a brewery and there was uh mm. the event was in downtown where they're like really revitalizing with a ton of like great restaurants and coffee shops and kind of like the hip mix of big new high-rise buildings and like old classic stuff so like just phoenix cool. in general was super cool place and the, the organizers did a great job of making phoenix look cool nice and so you went to the speaker dinner that means you actually spoke there right Yes. Yeah, so I spoke, um, as you know, because I made you practice you, I made you be my practice audience, like probably <laughs> two or three times beforehand. Um, because I did want to, it, it was the first time I was doing that topic. I wanted to like, I wanted it to go well. <laughs> so I did, I did do a, a, a yeah. speaking slash code demo at WordCamp Phoenix this year, which is now available online, which you can watch and, and see my slides and all that stuff, which we'll put in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, repo as well and everything all of that turned out really good for that talk i watched it during practice i watched it on the live stream because there's a live stream from wordcamp phoenix and it was excellent <laughs> well thank you i um the one thing i will say is i was the very last speaker like i'm the person like i want to go first because i want to get it out of the way and enjoy my weekend yeah but instead i was like the last one and like I'm not a person who likes to like stick around to the end. Uh, like, you know, they call it like the Irish goodbye where you just like leave things early and never say <laughs> goodbye. Like that's totally me. <laughs> so I was like, I got to stick through the end both days because because uh, I'm the last person and I wanted to like be there for the other last person on the first day. Um, Solidarity. So it was, it was, uh, it was a, a thin little crowd, but I, I was, I understood that because <laughs> if it was me, I would have been taking a nap by then. Um, but it was fun. It was actually <laughs> kind of nice. Fair. It was a nice, cozy little crowd. That's cool. I think that that is also, it's a, it's a nice uh, vibe as well. It's a different vibe, but it's a nice one. And you talked about ACF stuff, right? Yeah. So I, the premise of the talk was that there's so much conversation about people moving away from ACF and moving into the block editor and everybody's at right. a different place in that journey. And I wanted to do a talk that was really about if you're at the very beginning of that journey and you're still really reliant on using ACF to build your WordPress themes, if you're agency or a freelancer and you, you use custom fields to populate like everything on the front end with these really static templates, how could you take like a baby step towards using some of the new block editor stuff? That was kind of the, the high yeah. level concept of what I was trying to get across. Right. And then you walked through exactly like how you would trans like convert something like you have in ECF regular fields into something 
into ACF blocks, right? Because that's sort of that, just maybe jumping a little ahead, but it's a the middle spot before you go native blocks, right? In a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. to start where people were at, which is I, I personally used ACF flexible content rows as the example, which is a very, very like specific mindset. But I do feel like I've talked to a lot of developers who use yeah. flexible content rows in advanced custom fields to build out, you know, places for their clients to update content. Did you ever do flexible mm -hmm. content row? like websites? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think we talked about this in that, in the ACF blocks episode that we did much earlier on, but mm -hmm. yeah, I discovered first a repeater and then the flexible content rows very early in my WordPress career. And I used it for a long time to basically build a bespoke custom field focused page builder for my clients. Right. And which is how I think you used it as well. So, you know, the pros and cons of it were like, really you got to write your own html just like you always wanted to and give mm -hmm. your clients these little tiny areas of like change the heading here swap out an image here they could never break anything you could have like yeah. full control you could load exactly what you wanted um it was a really great way to do things for a really long time yeah and i remember before that people used to use short codes but one you can really easily break short codes they're really really hard to parse like visually mm. speaking when you're working through the content and it was like you still have lock-in when you use something like acf con flexible content rows so i'm just going to transition over super easily to another theme or something but or at all depending on how you coded it but at least it was easier to manage and set up and make sure that you have a really clean editing experience and also a clean front end, right? That was one of the biggest like advantages of it. Man, you gave me like a flashback of a site that I built and the site is still <laughs> up and running now. Like, and every once in a while they reach out and I'm like, please let me rebuild this site. Cause I built it like more than 10 <laughs> years ago, but like, it was yeah. just the classic editor and then just like short code soup, just like, Oh, you have this yep. icon thing, short codes with short codes inside the short codes and a short code to pick which icon and a, you know, and it was just oh. some text, more short codes. And then if they like hit return, like in a short code at the wrong spot, it would kind of like break the oh, no. formatting because the line breaks would get all mixed in with the short codes. And, oh man, I forgot about like Nightmare. that, that real short code soup era of, uh, so, you know, compared to that flexible content rows were like groundbreaking. Yeah. Definitely. It was, it was like four levels up, you know, it wasn't just like one level up, like we're like a different tier now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's where we all were for quite a long time. Right. That was that that was the way you built a bespoke client website if you were a freelancer or an agency. Um, and I think, you know, even now a lot of people do that. But obviously we're in the era of the block editor now. And there is this question of how do you transition but still make money yeah. stay profitable you know be efficient i think that's the hardest part people have it's like you know nowadays we have the block editor the block editor is a great thing but like man it takes a lot of time to learn because you're you're really starting from scratch everything you knew about wordpress really stops applying all the build yeah. things you know a lot of it is like you get, once you do something once in the block editor, you're like, okay, this is great. This is fast, but you have to do everything mm -hmm. at least one time, very like <laughs> from scratch and like very hard to get to that place. Like you have to find out 
the the best practices just through doing it and every type of content yeah. you do with you have to learn the limitations and and the ways to do things and it's not just a matter of slotting in one new piece of tech right it's really taking an entire existing workflow saying bye bye and saying hello to an entirely new workflow if you want to go full on on the block editor right i think that's like the tough part it's not just one thing you're learning you're learning like 11 new things in order to make this one thing that you already know how to do with your existing stuff really, really easily. Yeah. So what I tried to do is I, the, the, the framing of the presentation was let's take a site that's built with flexible content rows and let's convert yeah. those rows into ACF blocks and, and ACF blocks, which like you said, there's an episode where we go over this, but like there's such a perfect middle ground between building things in PHP with custom fields and using the block editor and getting a little more of a visual editor experience. And so mm -hmm. you can, there's like a spectrum of like your entire page could just be ACF blocks and you could get to right. build everything the same way you used to, but like, you're just not stuck in these like kind of like bottom of the things. And there's a nice back end visual preview. Um, and then mm -hmm. you can slowly work your way like to using ACF blocks only for the complicated stuff and using core right. blocks as you get in there. Yeah. Maybe I should even in ACF blocks, right? There's levels. Like you could do just the fields, but you could also technically do inner blocks. Like you can start to experiment yeah. inside ACF blocks and transition even there before you start to like get rid of ACF blocks for other aspects entirely, right? Yeah. So why don't I share like the back end mm -hmm. and we can kind of talk about this like a little bit in practice and I'll just show. Yeah, let's do it. And what I'll do is I'll pull up, this is an actual dev site. So during the presentation, I loaded up my local environment and I loaded up some code and I like literally <laughs> took something built in ACF flexible content rows and I like turned uh, like one section of it into an ACF block, mm -hmm. like live in front of people. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was a, it was a bold choice, but uh, it, it did not. I remember when you hiccups. told me. Yeah, I remember when you told me about it, and I was really nervous. But I think it, in in the end, like it turned out really, really good, you know, with the short snippets and all the stuff that you had prepped beforehand. So it was okay. Yeah. So my inspiration was, and we should put this in the show notes, was the Nick Diego's WordCamp US. I'm going to build a real block in like 15 minutes live in front of you. And like, <laughs> yeah. he does this. So like, if you've never watched it, you should definitely watch it because he does this great presentation where he like, literally builds the block as he's talking um and you get to see it made um and and plus i just love like live coding things that's like one of the things i do at work like showing people how to do stuff so um i think our previous episode had some like live debugging <laughs> coding stuff yeah. so you you know we've gone there but you actually oh, gave me the best the best advice like you saved me on this one which was using like keyboard shortcuts to expand the code so like you know, when you're doing a live demo and you're like typing out your code mm -hmm. and then you start doing all these like spelling mistakes while you're typing because of the pressure yeah. and the nerves, you really like, so yeah, yeah, you all had the that time idea, on like, all zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. Ex you're on the zoom call and they're like, can you just add this to the Google doc? And you're like, just <laughs> hitting keys like, yeah. like you've never typed in your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you saved me on that one. Cause you, it was like, little like keyboard command and it just like pasted in like the code snippet ahead of time yeah it, was, it, was it looks so slick go. like watching it was so slick <laughs> <laughs> yeah
Yeah, there was only one time on one practice uh, where it did not work. And I was like, this is going to happen. But it was okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at your screen right now. And I see a dark blue hero area that has an image on one side. And then on the other side, it has like a little breadcrumb showing you that you are on a landing page. And then there's a headline. And then there's some lorem ipsum. Yeah. And... The the page itself had a few other components that um, right. I would maybe do in a longer version, like a slider and a, mm -hmm. a, a featured post, like kind of query block and things that you would really want to build with ACF blocks, maybe even like for a long time forward. Um, mm -hmm. But this first hero area, you know, all, people would say to me like, yeah, I could just build that in core blocks. And like, that's 100% true. Like this is very simple to build in core blocks. Um, but yes. it also was something easy to wrap your head around as an example, which is why I, I totally. chose to to do this one. Yeah. Awesome. So this is the, this is the flexible content rows version of the page. Right. And right. This is, you know, some people just turn off the, the block editor when you're using flexible content rows. Cause like you're just, you don't mm -hmm. get to use it on this page. Um, so that's one version. Um, this version keeps the block editor turned on, but like you just have to like, ignore the the content like it's so it's not a great experience yeah yeah you're right but you know there's there's a lot of plugins that now really require i want to say or like really heavily expect you to use the block editor so um so this is a common situation yeah so but you know this this thing where you give clients this just wall of fields and this is a tiny page most pages are like twice as long you know yeah. just kind of like it's just, it's just not a great experience anymore is what it feels like to me. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, once you've seen like what visual editing can look like and how, I don't know, seamless it feels and smooth, it's hard to go back to a wall of fields, even though the wall of fields felt like a great level up from the wall of shortcodes and soups, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. And so, yeah, our standards you know, the, have changed. Yeah. And I think client expectations have changed. I think people's expectations of what you can do on your phone, on your computer, on mm -hmm. social media apps and things like that. Like it's just, you know, yeah. we just expect a lot more and we expect a lot more flexibility and giving them Definitely. that much flexibility with safety of not breaking a site um, is still pretty hard. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So I'm looking at, you know, your flexible content row and you have a hero section in that flexible mm -hmm. content row and there's a headline and then a section where you can put in some content and then there mm -hmm. is an image field where you can add an image. And so, you know, these are the three fields that make up that content. And then there's actually, um, I'll open up the, I'll open up the preview so you can see it, but there's actually a, um, I can, every episode is me trying to remember how to get back to the front <laughs> end of the website. <laughs> I think we usually edit this part out. I'm like, what do I click every yeah. time? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, it doesn't show it if it's in a new tab, huh? I'm only sharing the one tab. Oh, yeah. Because you That's okay. didn't share the window. <laughs> I, I don't know that it gave me the option. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the developer podcast where your developer cannot uh, navigate between two <laughs> browser tabs. So the um. one... The one piece I'll add here is like, this is the little breadcrumbs that's actually pulling like the post title yeah. and stuff. So, you know, there's a little bit of cool functionality here, but mostly, yeah, we have, here's right. the three fields being spit out on the front end, right? Totally. Okay. 
Are we ready to take a look at the block version of this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So what I did in the presentation was I um, recreated this page using ACF blocks. So like here on the, we're looking at the front end where it just looks exactly the same. The hero section looks the same. Yeah. I don't have any of the other content, mm -hmm. but um, the hero section uh, renders exactly the same. And like part of the presentation right. was showing that actually this is the same exact PHP um, in the theme that you were, you mm -hmm. used to build the flexible content rows. Like we literally in the pro like copied and pasted the PHP from yeah. a flexible content row to a block. And it just like, it worked because you're you're literally using the same process of writing your PHP. Yeah, you just had to change like instead of a subfield, you it's actually just a direct field. And like there was like a one or two tiny changes I remember. You literally made those changes and then it was just like boom, you have your you have your blockified version of the same row. Yeah. It was it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And then so let's go into the editor. Yeah. And this is the best part to me. Like this is the part where you go like, oh, okay, this is yes. something I could show clients. It's you're in the block editor and instead of just like an empty content area and like scrolling down to some meta box area and stuff, it's like, mm -hmm. you're just looking at this front end version of it and your client can just click directly on it and, and just, yeah. you know, know exactly which section of the page that they're editing. Yeah. And now we don't have to think about what, what are those ambiguous names that sometimes people give their flexible rows? Like, <laughs> Oh, it's called this like weird swap something and, you know, rotating something. And instead it's like, oh yeah, this is what I was looking for. It looks exactly the same as the front end and I can click on it and I can edit it. <laughs> I, I've been building some custom blocks and coming up with the yeah. names of them. Like some of them, I'm like, like there's the name that's in like the design file that the designer gave it, which is usually very specific to the content because they're thinking content yes. where they're like investment, you know, logos or something but like yeah. when you're building it you're like well this isn't about investment logos this is just a logo carousel so you like you're you're trying to come up with a name that's like gives that's more for its broad functionality and not like the specific content and not having this like about hero section row and like about our company row and yeah. you know that kind of stuff oh the naming yeah <laughs> this does kind of take a little hard. bit of that. it yeah that it really will never go away like naming yeah Back to the flip, back to the block. So this is the block. This is what's great about it is if you just click on a block, like you can't edit it in line. Like I can't click on the headline or the content or the image mm -hmm. and edit it, right? It's not a real right one-to-one -one block editor experience, but like, you know, you can um, edit the text in the sidebar. Like all your custom fields just show up automatically in the sidebar. So if I change any text, mm -hmm. I can do it and like, you can pretty updating on the side it, and it pretty quickly updates in the live render. Like it's a pretty fast, easy update that your client can do and still see those visual and see right. what it's going to look like on the front end. Yeah. And that that's really cool. I think, you know, even though it's not, I mean, if this was a real block, you would be able to edit it in that main content area, right? You'd be able to click on that heading and change it right there in the design itself. But even without that, this is a really much better experience than flexible content rows, for example. Yeah. And then you can also do the version where you hit the little pencil and you can just edit it in line. Like if you need a little more room, sometimes like the sidebar is a little yeah. narrow, you can get that like broad room, but like, yeah, you know, I think like knowing that you can even just fall back to a section like this, um, mm -hmm. to me, it's like, 
it basically takes the weight. Like if you're thinking about transitioning and you're thinking about the pressure of it, knowing that like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll spend five or 10 minutes trying to make this with core blocks. And then I will say, if I can't do it in a certain amount of time, I know I can do it this way and I can just have this in there. And like, you can start going down those experimental paths, but you always know, like I can fall back to this tool that I've used for a decade and I know really well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think it's really, really cool to have in your back pocket. And I do think that that part where you say, Hey, let me try making this first in a like a limited amount of time. Let me see if I can make this with core blocks. That's like a really important part as we're transitioning because you still need to allow yourself some space to experiment and try to learn these new things. And it's a really nice way to say, okay, I have this thing. Maybe I can make it with core blocks. Let me try it out. You'll learn something. You'll learn whether you can, you can't, or if there's something else you need to figure out. And then you move on and you do the thing that you need to do for your client, which is actually make this block with ACF. But as you do that, you're going to build up those skills. You're going to build up that knowledge and be able to transition more, right? Yeah. And one of the other things we talked about, um, which I don't have in this block demo right here, but like with ACF blocks, because it's such a good middle ground, you can start turning on additional features um, and starting to support them. And they're a good training ground for what you're going to need to learn with Gutenberg. So for this one, the only like a core Gutenberg feature we've turned on is this like full or or wide width which on the screen size actually if i get rid of this you probably see it a little better mm-hmm. you know do i want it to fit to the content area or do i want the block to go full width across the entire content that's a gutenberg feature that we've turned on and that we like supported and that you know between that between some of the color pickers some of the dimension stuff like you start adding that in and you're just starting to like dabble and learn how how this would work in a in a block editor environment Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, it's really cool that ACF supports that stuff. And a lot of the structure in the code, like using block.json, like, you know, you're able to go from using something that is not blocks at all to kind of transitioning very gently into uh, actual blocks using the way ACF blocks allows you to pick and choose what parts you want to support. Yeah. And speaking of things to support, like one of the more controversial (laughs) ideas or slides of mine (laughs) was uh was providing an option to turn off like so what happens if you build this for a client but then they can come in and they can start like adding their own core blocks so uh let me do a little block insert what happens if they start you know that it's kind of scary right like i have to start supporting all this Mm -hmm. stuff i have to like you know oh there's a i didn't know there's styling challenges yeah (laughs) Yeah. The verse quote. Yeah. And so you do have this kind of idea of like, so we did, or I presented an idea of like, you can get rid of all these blocks. Like you don't have to have, give your client access to all these. It's a pretty easy piece of code you can copy and paste in and just, Mm -hmm. you know, trim down all of it, trim down some of it, you know, start thinking about curating that experience a little more with really minimal effort. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get rid of all of them, I think it was like, what, three lines of code that you shared and it'll get rid of all of them. Or you can say, hey, I want to like support the paragraph block, but I don't want to support the verse block. And then you can pick and choose as well. Um, it, It might be controversial, but I think that it makes a lot of sense from like a transitional sort of perspective, because when you're transitioning, maybe you're just not ready to support any of them. And you do the same thing where it's like it's a one to one going from flexible content rows to 
ACF blocks. But then slowly you could start to introduce blocks as you learn more about them and you understand how to support them in your theme and then keep adding more and more, you know, like I think that that goes really well with the idea of slowly transitioning and we need to like get rid of this idea that you must be all or nothing with the block editor. Like that's ridiculous. Like you should, it's totally valid to start slow. (laughs) Yeah. And I've, I've kind of gone like back and forth with different ways to do it. Like some, you know, Sometimes it's nice to try to build the whole page in core blocks first when you're, especially when you're dealing with anything that's like static, like headings, paragraphs, columns, all of that sort of stuff, like images, all of that is pretty like, you know, it's not going to probably be too much of a learning curve for you to be able to do stuff like this. And then, you know, slowly start leaving like empty areas in your page where you're like, all right, that'll be an ACF block. That'll be an ACF block. That'll be you know, mm-hmm. a core block, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And you just kind of like, you know, slowly make your way through the process. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, you just have to be like open-minded to the idea that, you know, you, you will one day probably want to be using <laughs> the core block editor because like it is WordPress, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it's like the rest of WordPress is going to be this you know going forward yeah (laughs) like that's that's what it's gonna be i also think that as you start to use it yourself you start to come around to it you start to enjoy it even and then you want to be able to like make it more dynamic you want to make it more of a native experience like i i definitely saw that happen with a bunch of my friends where they were doing like acf blocks only And for the most part, and then they're like, you know, but you know, I could do this with core blocks. So let me like try to learn to do this a little bit more with that. And then they saw the power it gave them. And in the long term, how much ease it gave them in supporting their clients. And, you know, they, they, they changed their mind and now they really like it. So I think that that can also happen as you start to play with it, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, when I look at like this, it's like, I could write this in code. I could make it in a visual editor. At the end of the day, like, I don't really want to write this code like a hundred more times in my life for a simple, (laughs) like two column thing. So this is an understrap theme and it uses bootstrap. And like I did, you know, the row and I did columns and I, you know, column medium six and all that classic bootstrap stuff. And it's like, I can do it. But like, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm using a bunch of classes from bootstrap or whatever, or I'm just building it with like the, the block editors, like sidebar settings here, you know, at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. like I kind of just want to get this stuff done faster so that when I do get to that complicated, hard stuff, um, I can do it. I can like spend more time, you know, doing it. And like, I kind of want, yeah, I don't really want to go through a project and just do a thing I've done a hundred times. Like I want to do new things. I want to learn new things. I want to like try new things. Like that's kind of the fun of being a developer. Yeah. You know, we learn all the time. We're all trying new things. I agree. And having the room to be more thoughtful about the complicated, more interesting parts of a project, whatever we can do to make that happen. Not only is that good for us, it's good for the client too, right? If we are able to give them a better product because we've taken away the repetitive, redundant stuff and don't have to deal with it. So I think there's a lot of long-term advantages to it, but I also think that, yeah, you know, we're all allowed to transition slowly. We're all allowed to take this approach that you shared and it's okay to not go all in all at once. 
if you're working with a designer who, you know, builds things, say in like a Figma or something like that, like the day will come where yeah. that person will not need you to write the code. And, you know, for <laughs> these sorts of things, like the, you know, the future yeah. of like how websites are built is definitely going to change. And so like, I think I was pretty slow to jump on the path of like learning a lot of these skills. And now I'm like, I think the time has really come where like, it's, it's the time. Yeah. And you just <laughs> yeah. need to, you need a co-host who can like help you walk you through it. But like, it's <laughs> the time has come to do these sorts of things. And then now I've been building a lot of like native blocks and I use like a lot of dynamic blocks. And then you realize like all this stuff I did with ACF blocks has made especially dynamic blocks in WordPress, um, which is like a mm -hmm. type of a core native block. You're like, this is almost the same thing. Like it's so close to it yeah. that you're like, wow, yeah. I like if you can, once you can master an ACF block, you're really not that far from building um, a dynamic block. Um, it's true. That's very similar. And you can actually click and edit and stuff like it's it that like step is actually not that not that bad. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's still a little bit of JavaScript, but yeah. I remember, you know, I started making blocks before I really understood React or JavaScript. Like there's enough tutorials, there's enough examples out there right now for those fields to be able to set up a lot of the basic stuff that we use um, constantly when we're building blocks. So I'm glad you're right. It is the time. <laughs> and I think the more we can encourage people to take that you know, baby step and, and start to transition, the better it is for all of us, the better it is for the ecosystem. Yeah. So if you are curious, I would say go and we'll put a link to the show notes. I put like a landing page on my website that has the video from the actual presentation, the slides, the code, yep. the snippets, all that stuff will be in the show notes. We'll, we should definitely put links to our like ACF blocks, native blocks, like two-parter, because that's definitely, yes. we go way more into depth on all of this stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, and then once you're ready, we have our React series also that just kind of goes even deeper into it once you're past that point. But, you know, the resources are yeah. getting out there. So uh, definitely, definitely click around and see if that helps. Well, I'm really happy that you got to be part of one of the, you know, first WordCamps to come back after COVID. And it was a really great talk. I enjoyed it the many times that I watched it. <laughs> Thank you. I, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I will say there, of all the talks, there was a lot of really good talks. I'm waiting for them to do the edited videos so I can make a, a list of like some of the ones that I saw in person that were some of my favorites. But there was um, some really cool, new, unique stuff all around AI and modern PHP and like all this other stuff um, at that WordCamp field. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, blow an afternoon or two, definitely scroll through the YouTube feed there because there's some really good stuff. Well, we'll have all of that for everyone in the show notes, and I guess we'll see you all in the next episode. All right. See you next week. See ya. Visit viewsource.fm for the latest updates and links to the show notes. Review and subscribe to ViewSource in iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.